conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back, as is Jonathan Lally. Today we are not joined by any other guests, which, you know, Jonathan, I know roundtables are usually your forte here. (laughs) I'm sure some folks are probably stoked not to have to do a roundtable with me. I get pretty chatty, but happy to be here anyways. Totally fine. That's kind of the whole point of a podcast is to chat with people, but today we're talking about the recent Pixar movie, Onward. It's one of the few 2020 movies I have had a chance to watch because, well, 2020 went down the toilet. So <laughs> we haven't had too many new movies. You put it very eloquently. Yes, it has gone down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, we. Uh, I don't know about you. I think we had talked about this, but I was excited to see this one just based on the cast. Uh, the voice cast for this one was just incredible. I've, I, I really love... Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, especially after seeing them together in Infinity War. And I was excited to see them in a Pixar movie, but it was out for what, maybe a week before everything started shutting down? Yeah, if that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd heard such great things about it from like one or two friends that had seen it. And so I was excited to see it. And uh, naturally, when Apple and Disney and everybody announced that, hey, you can now buy the movie early or if you wait, I believe it was like two weeks. If you wait two weeks, it'll be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And so naturally, we waited, watched it with both of my roommates, and really enjoyed it. So I was excited to talk about this one. Yeah, and I've covered some of the Pixar stuff before. You know, if anyone listened to last week's episode, that was all about WALL-E, which is another fantastic Pixar movie. Tim Matthews and I did all of the Toy Story movies, but there were still some Pixar movies I hadn't seen, but I kind of wanted to start with the more recent one just because I felt like I could always go back to Disney Plus and catch up on the others later. And Onward was kind of one people were talking about now, at least, because I'm sure many families have probably had that and Frozen 2 on repeat or something. But I just wanted to watch it because of the cast, because you have this DC and Marvel connection heavily with this movie because you have Tom Holland and Chris Pratt doing two of the voices, the two main voices, in fact. And it was just one of those fun little things where you're kind of like, okay, I can get behind this one. And even just the other people they had in it, it was kind of a random group of people, but it worked. You know, you have Octavia Spencer, you have Wilmer Valderrama just popping in for what, a 30 second scene? (laughs) I didn't even realize that he was in that until you brought that up. (laughs) That's all new to me. Yeah, he was the father who talked to Ian very briefly. Yeah, very at the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, look at this. Wow, I'm looking at all these other... I'm once again, like now pulling up the Wikipedia and didn't realize Tracy Ullman was in this. I didn't realize Ali Wong was in this. Yeah. Lena Waithe? Why? I, I forget how to pronounce her last name. I'm so bad at pronouncing names always. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was a lot, you know, now looking at this. But yeah, I was excited to see Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the mom, you know, because I've, I really think she's a fantastic actor and I loved Veep. So it was nice to see her 
in a Pixar film, or I guess hear her in a Pixar film. But yeah, I was I was excited. You know, I, I'm very hit or miss with Pixar films. I'm ashamed to say that some of my least favorite Pixar films are the ones that everyone else holds in such high regard. And it's not that I dislike them. I just, you know, I think either by the time I saw them, they might have been a little overhyped. You know, a lot of times that happens. I was worried about doing that with you for uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> it's just <laughs> overhyping it so much. Like, for example, like, what was the one about all the emotions? Inside Out? Inside Out. I thought it was a pleasant film, but I didn't think it was as good as people were making it out to be. You know, Finding Nemo is not one of my favorite Pixar films. Okay. It's not bad to me. It's just not one of my favorites. And so it's it's funny to me that when I saw this one, I felt such a connection to it. And yet I felt like, I don't know what your impressions were, but my impression talking to my friends and you know, people that reviewed it was that it wasn't one of the hottest Pixar films onward. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, and I think that's the great thing about Pixar is like even their movies to me that aren't amazing are still really enjoyable films. You know, like I, I really enjoy... Finding Nemo. I really enjoy Inside Out. Inside Out was on TV again the other day, and I watched it and had a few chuckles. Yeah. But I felt like this one was just a real, it was just a very sweet movie. It was just very, yeah, you know, the the the, the bond that Tom Holland and Chris Pratt had as brothers was just really sweet. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot to say about it, but I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I am definitely in agreement with you about Inside Out. It was one everyone was talking about. I remember watching it, but I don't remember too many of the details behind it. But for me, what Pixar does really well is they sort of play with your emotions the entire time while for us adults now, giving you sort of a nostalgia factor too, which is something they've done with Toy Story. And then Up and Coco were just ones where they just like destroy you. Yeah, Coco to me, I I, I need to rewatch Coco because I haven't seen it since it was in theaters. But to me, it just came at the perfect time. I just lost my uncle very suddenly to a heart attack. He was very young. And my mom was in LA, you know, getting all the funeral things ready and, and taking care of the family. And so my dad and I were left on our own basically my sister was in LA for for her business and uh and living down there so it's just me and my dad and uh i remember you know obviously i live in the city he lives over in the east bay but i remember going over there and we went and saw coco and it was like exactly what i needed to see you know at that time having gone through a loss recently it was just like it felt it didn't it wasn't sad it was like it took something like death and made it you know, something not necessarily be celebrated, but like, you know, not to be afraid of for me. And I'm sure there's people that that feel the way about Coco that I feel a way about, you know, Finding Nemo, which is fine. But I think I also really enjoy getting the original music. You don't really get that a lot of the time these days, not from Disney, at least. I mean, I think there's still some out there, but it's like few and far in between. So yeah, I mean, Pixar really, yeah, knows how to wreck adults. (laughs) Yeah. I felt that way. I mean, like, this is also one of those movies that wasn't like necessarily overtly sad, but they right out the gate were like, oh, yeah, there's some sad stuff. This is like, this isn't all happiness and bubblegum and rainbows and, you know, balloons. Yeah. And they accomplish that by 
not necessarily showing you this loss, but it already exists at the beginning of the movie. And I think right. that's what makes this story a little different than something like Up or Coco, because those things really hit you hard. And you're trying to sort of just, I guess, figure out how this boy, Ian, is going to get through his teenage years without a father figure because we know he never met his father. You know, he was born shortly after the incident happened. And the other boy, the older brother, Barley, he was, you know, not all that old. So he only has a few select memories of their father. And you have this single mom who is just trying to make things work. She's dating this cop and obviously not the best for the boys <laughs> yeah, but the cop is uh he's a he's like a was a centaur or something yeah yeah great i don't remember uh colt bronco <laughs> centaur police officer and laurel's boyfriend mel rodriguez who I'm not familiar with, at least off the top of my head. But, uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> Looking at him, he's absolutely in a bunch of things I've seen. He was in Last Man on Earth. That's so funny. That I do recognize his voice now that I, oh, man, that's so funny. Yeah, that was, uh, that was tough. And, you know, uh, one of the things early on, so I guess we should kind of talk about, you know, w w what is it? We, we have him starting. He's going through school. I forget. Is he has the older brother already graduated high school? He's in his gap year between high school That's and right. figuring out what That's he wants right. to do with his life. <laughs> the character that they have him looking like was just so perfect for Chris Pratt. Yeah, um, it was it was perfect. And uh, I love that the older brother, I guess, like, uh, we should set the stage like everything at the beginning, you know, magic rules everything. And, and now it's almost like it feels kind of like Flintstones, you know, or like you have, you know, they're like these olden time creatures and things living in modern times. And so, like, the old, the whole thing of, like, the Flintstones, how they were driving cars with rocks for wheels and stuff like that. It's like, th these these mythical creatures have now kind of, I wouldn't say lost their way, but, you know, like, technology and civilization and, and, and capitalism and everything's kind of, like, moved their attention. Uh, and you've got Barley, who's obsessed with the old times and how the world used to work. And you've got his younger brother who's kind of like, you know, doesn't remember any of that, doesn't think it's real, uh, doesn't really care. Um, and so I thought that was really sweet, you know, especially since the older brother is like just barely old enough to remember it, probably. And... I, I'm trying to remember, like, uh, I'm, like, kind of looking through the plot lines. <laughs> it's been, it's been, but that, that was, that was something I really thought was sweet, uh, right off the, the beginning. Yeah. Was just how they kind of built these characters and how they explained where they were at. And then I guess what happens? They, they get a gift or something, uh, something happens. Yeah. So one of the boys is turning 16 and the other is 18 and the mom gives them this gift from their father because he said, don't give it to the boys until they're both at least 16. And they get this staff and this gem and they're sort of you know, figuring out what it is. And Ian comes across the note and he's like, 
oh, we can bring him back for a day. But right. the older brother, Barley, tries and tries because he's the one with all of this knowledge of how all of this stuff works because of the games he plays. Right. And, but it doesn't work for him. Right. And then you have Ian trying later because you see Barley trying and trying and trying and he's just exhausted and they're right. all kind of down and bummed out by the end of the day because they spent so much time trying to get this thing to work that theoretically shouldn't, but Barley is super into believing that these things are real. So it's a little bit of his hope mixed with Ian's practicality that I think makes this whole story work. Yeah. Yeah. Their dynamic is is interesting. And also, what are we, I guess Ian picks it up. He starts reciting the, and then it turns out that he is the one that has the power yeah if i'm correct and and uh but in doing so you know they're holding the staff as their dad is being rebuilt and they lose control the the gem i guess the infinity gem <laughs> inside their staff i think it's breaks. a phoenix gem or something I know. I just wanted to say Infinity Gem. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get that Marvel pun in. <laughs> I understand. Infinity Stone. Excuse me. Infinity Gem. It breaks and they're left with, I think, everything down from his waist. Or no, does is it just his feet or is it like is everything but his head? I forget. It's his waist down. Yeah, his waist down. And he just glows from the waist. <laughs> yeah, he just glows from the waist. But one of the things I love... I don't know why. I just remember this was like kind of a touching moment to me for them to like, you know, communicate who they were. Barley taps on his feet like he did when he was a kid. Yeah. He does the tapping on the feet. And I was just, oh, I was like tear, <laughs> little tear. And so I guess what now they're on a quest to find another stone if there's if I'm correct. Yeah, because what happened was the Phoenix gem sort of disintegrated after they had tried and only brought him back from the waist down because it started from the feet and started working its way up and then it just stopped about halfway. And so there's the Manticore who supposedly knows how to get anything that has to do with this sort of magical world and they go on this journey, they don't tell their mom where they're going and it just right. seems like a very typical teenage thing to do even though ian is definitely the one who is like i'm going to follow the rules my mom is going to know where i am all the time and barley's just like yeah free will gonna do whatever he wants and that probably explains that sort of personality difference because they're definitely opposites but you know as someone who doesn't have a sibling i imagine that happens quite a bit where you have siblings who are like complete opposites of each other but there's still yeah. this connection that brings them together maybe you can speak more to that having a sibling oh yeah you know it's funny i was thinking about that like my sister and i are mostly polar opposites but she's more practical for the most part actually i feel like she was more practical we've kind of switched roles over the years <laughs> but um but long story short like she was you know she's very intelligent she went to the good college she graduated summa cum laude I went to the state school, dropped out. <laughs> Just we couldn't be different in that way, but we both have like music we have in common. In fact, I yeah. was saying today how I was very happy and pleased that not only did she move back in time before everything shut down, because I would have not liked having her be in LA by herself during a pandemic, but also that one of the last concerts that I saw before everything shut down was Shaky Graves with my sister this tiny venue and it was like it's just a nice memory yeah you know 
before everything went to shit. But yeah, she and I could not be di- like we're very different. Like we we have disagreements on things. We love each other, but you know, we just like we're right. very different. Yeah, I could see that a little bit, you know, in this like, you know, Barley is more free-spirited, wants to like he kind of lets the heart lead instead of the brain. Uh, whereas Tom Holland, it's like, I feel like they're both playing characters that are perfectly suited for them and characters that they've played before. But yeah, <laughs> that was really nice. And I, th- I I love that, you know, where do we go get another one of these? Oh, Barley knows. And he's, we're going to the, what is it? The Manticore's Tavern, but uh-huh. the Manticore is like fallen on hard times. And the Manticore's Tavern has become like the Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. <laughs> Of this world. That's exactly is, what I thought when I saw it. I was like, oh, no, it's one of these places. Yeah, that was, oh, that was so great. And and who was that? Was that Octavia Spencer? Yes, that was the yeah. character she voiced. I love it. Corey the Manticore, owner, uh, restaurant owner and former adventurer whom Ian and Barley go for help on their quest. And so she gives them the map, but I believe the map is like a kid's menu right like it's she has the real map but it ends up being lit on fire because ian just pushes her and pushes her and then the whole place catches on fire because she kind of goes back to her roots and it's no longer a family establishment in that moment you know so right because it was supposed to be that she was like scary and and, yeah you know and now it's the exactly it's dumbed down to be a family place yeah, and you can tell she's sort of lost her spark and lost her yeah. passion for these great adventures. And this is the moment, I think, where things really flip between Ian and Barley. Like you said, you and your sister kind of switched personality types almost and became yeah. still opposites, but different opposites. And Ian really takes charge here because he is so determined to get the chance to meet his father for the first and only time, whereas Barley at least has some memories of him. So he's just really adamant about being able to do this because he does believe in Barley. He might not be 100% confident in every single choice that Barley makes, but you're kind of seeing this trust develop more as the movie goes on. And, you know, the nice thing about Pixar movies, too, is that they aren't overly long because of how much has to go into animation. So typically they'll come in between an hour and a half to like an hour and 50 minutes, I would say for the most part. And I think that gives them the chance to really just get to the core of these characters. You're not spending, you know, four or five movies getting to know these characters. Sometimes, yes, I know there are a bunch of Cars movies. I have not seen any of them. But, oh you know, you also have two incredible <laughs> We don't movies. need to talk about cars. <laughs> you have four Toy Story movies. So they do yeah. have plenty of sequels to build on the characters. But I think what Pixar is really great at doing is introducing characters, letting you know everything you need to know yeah, without too much fluff to it. And they do that in this with these two brothers by having them go on this journey together because... When you see Ian at school and it's his birthday and Barley comes to pick him up in his crazy van that is <laughs> got this crazy paint job. And Guinevere. Ian's just embarrassed by him. And usually it's the older sibling who is embarrassed by the younger sibling. So I thought that was a nice little twist, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, you could you could see that. And then also, you know, I think uh, there was a pretty funny scene where 
the manticore and the mom go to the pawn shop yeah to get the sword i thought that was a pretty funny little scene but yeah just like the little adventure and you're right they do this pixar does a fantastic job of like giving you everything like you know tugging on the heartstrings right at the beginning to get you to fall in love with these characters Mm -hmm. and then just putting them on this journey like up did this yeah you know you learn everything you need to know about the old man up ruined you in the first five minutes (laughs) yeah first five minutes and then the rest is just like Oh man, like now they're trying to take his home away. Like this is awful. And they really like I think Up did a wonderful job of this. I think Onward did a really good job of this. Like you said, building up these characters, you learn what you need to know about them in the first five, ten minutes, and then like let's put them on on an adventure. And yeah, I felt I felt like that was really wonderful. I thought there's that really funny scene with the Pixies, the motorcycle gang. The Pixies. Yeah. Pretty funny. You know, I knew that there was going to be something when you could pick up that the older brother was kind of like this, not screw up, but like, you know, the one that had his head in the clouds a little bit. You knew there was going to be something where it comes out that the younger brother's a little embarrassed by him. But they had that whole scene where they were, what, casting magic to make it look like they were the cop yeah like they were were uh, colt bronco yeah they were colt bronco you have them interacting with the other cops and you're just kind of like okay this is the moment where if something is going to go wrong it's going to go wrong but it doesn't go wrong in the way you think it is right it it goes wrong in the sense where I, i believe it was uh barley finding out that his brother doesn't think super highly of him yeah but that whole scene where he's kind of coming apart at the end, like where he's walking back to the car and they're just, what is it? Like he has to tell lies to tell, or what was it? He has to tell the truth to tell, like it, he had to speak lies as if they were the truth to keep the spell or whatever that they had going. There was a way that they had to do it. And it was, yeah. coming, it was coming apart at the seams. I thought that was really funny. But like you said, you know, it's like they have that kind of moment where, oh, so you don't really think the world of me. You think I'm crazy. But they're both, at this point, so heavily into this quest. They're too far to turn back. They're too far to turn back. I think that is when they get into, at some point, they get into a chase with those cops and Colt. Yeah, because the cops call it in and they ask for Colt, I think. And then he comes racing to find them. And I don't know how he gets there so quickly, first of all, but it's a Pixar movie. It's animation. It's magical. We'll just let it slide. And they then have this interaction with him and the other cops catch up and then they're all chasing them as they go down this crazy road that isn't really a road you know after they get across that bridge and do all this other crazy stuff and they really just are so determined to get to their end goal and then work out their problems later i Mm. think that's something that was also nice to see because like i said don't have siblings, don't really know what this is like. But I think sometimes you just have these relationships with people, whether it's siblings or best friends or what have you, where you know there is something that needs to be discussed, but you have something that is way more pressing. So you're willing to just plow through that and then worry about the rest later. Right. And there's this also this uh, scene, which I had forgotten about, which where Barley reveals to his brother that 
he is feeling bad because he didn't say bye to his father when he was on his deathbed, which obviously sets up something near the end of the movie. But yeah, it really was kind of a movie about siblings. It Mm -hmm. felt like, like, you know, they talk about it being like, oh, this is about me wanting to like find my dad, find my dad. But the whole thing is really about brothers. And I thought that was really sweet. You know, the whole thing, they really framed it as like, oh, this is going to be about like a father son thing. And then it ends up really not being about that at all. Oh, there's uh, they get to the bridge where he has to. Oh, when the rope comes off. Right. He has to kind of like, what is it? Almost like Indiana Jones walk. Yeah. So basically what it is, is he has to believe that this invisible bridge is there. Ian does. And Barley puts the rope around his waist to just make him feel better about it. He really has to believe (laughs) And about halfway through, the rope comes undone and falls off of Ian, but he doesn't notice it. Yeah. And he's doing he's doing his best to be like, you're doing great. You're doing great. You're, yeah, like you're almost there. And he makes it the whole time. But that was funny. I thought that was that was sweet. Yeah. And then something happens where they end up outside the high school. Like that was void of... Here we go. Following the statues... The brothers descend through a cave and avoid a series of traps and deadly creatures, during which Barley reveals to Ian he was unable to emotionally bring himself to say goodbye to Wilden when he was dying in the hospital. I'd rather you kind of walk everything through the movie because you probably saw it a little bit more recently than me. (laughs) Yeah, so I think first he sacrifices his van in order to have them get away from the cops. Yeah. Guinevere. Was it Guinevere? Yeah. Yeah. Guinevere number one. And they start following the ravens. The ravens are pointing to where they need to go. They get to the cave and they, you know, go through these different puzzles and they use the dad's legs to help them get out because the water level is rising and they can't hold their breath long enough but he doesn't have any breath to hold so they (laughs) use the rope and they get really clever and like you said kind of indiana jones (laughs) with it yeah yeah it brings them out right around the school and then there was this historical site that they were going to tear down right that uh barley was trying to protest because it was once again one of those last things That was like a reminder. Yeah, they bring it full circle with that by showing him at that protest early on. And then they bring it back to that. And him and Ian really start figuring things out together because Ian was initially relying on Barley for all of this knowledge because he didn't have any of it. He didn't play this sort of Dungeons and Dragon-like game that Barley was obsessed with it was just you know all over the kitchen table all over the hallway yeah yeah. and you really get a sense that even though they don't like the same things this moment brought them together this adventure brought them together and then you get the big finale with the dragon thing coming out of the school (laughs) it's just crazy i loved it because the dragon was what built out of all of this different stuff if i remember yeah it was just like pipes and concrete and then it has the face of the school mascot which happens to be some sort of dragon Uh, yeah that's right and then what ends up happening uh manticore and the mom show up you know and they're all kind of like battling this dragon and i think what's happening is the dad is being rebuilt like they finally get the replacement was it dragon gem stone phoenix gem yeah (laughs) phoenix gem excuse me and the dad is being rebuilt but in the way things are happening the dragon is on its way over there 
And uh, to get the attention of the dragon, Tom Holland's character stays behind and I believe distracts the dragon, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And then, uh, so really the only person that gets a moment with the father as he materializes right before the sun comes up is Barley. And uh, I thought that was so sweet. You know, I don't remember. That was bittersweet, you know? Yeah. I thought that was so nice. But, you know, I think the whole thing ended up being that he just wanted to have more memories with his brother. And he wanted his brother actually had memories of his dad. So it was like, I think it was more he wanted to have his brother see his dad again. Yeah, because he plays through everything in his head. Who taught him to ride a bike? Who taught him to do this and that? And, you know, he basically got his driving lesson by running from the cops in Guinevere. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And so he realizes that he had a lot of memories, but they were like, you know, his brother took the place of the dad. So it was really more fair to, you know, for his brother to see him again. I thought that was so sweet. I thought that was so nice and and touching and uh yeah, I thought it was just I thought it was just a really pleasant kind of sur- I was not expecting that. But like I said, you know, you know we thought we were getting one thing. We thought that this was going to be like a father-son movie and then it ended up being something very different and I thought that was the most appropriate ending for something like this. Yeah, it was very touching. But then I guess what we you know, afterwards, you know, Barley tells tells Ian that their dad is proud of him. Gives him like a big bear hug. <laughs> big bear hug, you know. And I guess we flash forward a little bit and it looks like Ian's still doing spell casting. He's gotten better at it and surprises Barley with Guinevere 2 <laughs> or the yellow Guinevere, it's a sets on wikipedia manticore has reopened the tavern in its original spirit so no no longer a very sad chuck e cheese but a return to form and it looks like the brothers have a better relationship with colt <laughs> colt the broncos what sent colt bronco centaur. the centaur police officer <laughs> and uh yeah i just thought like you said it, it pixar does a really good job of giving you everything you need to know about the characters in the first five minutes so we can focus on one big important thing with them. You know, with Up, it was the old man going on this adventure and, you know, finding himself. With this, it was uh, the brothers, you know, building a much stronger relationship. And I, I, I loved it. I know it wasn't... I think I talked to a few friends who said that they just weren't as impressed with this one. And I will admit, it's not my favorite Pixar movie. It's definitely not even in like the top five. But I I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I still really liked it too, even though the relatability factor wasn't right. quite there for me. It's just one of those things where I love reading and watching these character-driven stories that... You don't necessarily need a ton of plot surrounding them. You don't need this big complicated plot for me to enjoy the movie because it's more about the relationship than it is about what is actually happening start to finish. Yeah. And, And it's funny you mentioned that. Like what I was just thinking is that even given the subject matter of all of this, you know, the fact that it's like fantasy Mm -hmm. and it's you know 
it ends up being one of the more grounded Pixar movies ever. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I said, it really is this story about brothers. And it's a story about, you know, them thinking that they're different, but sharing a lot in common or, you know, thinking that one thing is ridiculous, but then finding out that you actually have, you know, you share it. It's not like, you know, like with Ian be, being the one that's actually good at spell casting. And so, like I said, it's like, even though this is like all fantasy, these types of characters are fantasy, et cetera, et cetera, like it ends up being so incredibly grounded in everything else. It's just such a relatable story. And I felt it was very contained. You know, it was like very small, contained, doesn't, it's not something I have. In fact, I would not want to see a sequel to this. You know, certain, same thing with Up, you know, it's like leave Up be. Monsters, Toy Story, like some of these films, they've like, you know, there's a reason to have sequels, sure. But a lot of the, you know, a lot of their stories, I feel, just are perfect as is. I don't know why they felt like they needed to give us three Cars films, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know the the guy that directed it is obviously very important to Pixar, so they'll let him do whatever he wants to, and Cars is very important to him. But yeah, I... I love this one. I thought it was just really pleasant. I'm still glad I didn't buy it instead of uh, watching it for free on Disney Plus. Yeah, quote unquote free. <laughs> yeah, for exactly paying my. I already bought three years of Disney Plus. Mickey already has three years of my money. <laughs> but no, I I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I, I mean, like I said, now I'm hooked on Tom Holland and Chris Pratt together. If you guys want to do a buddy cop movie. By all means, please do. They're they're great together. Yeah. They're really they're really good together. And I also hope that, you know, those two Avengers films aren't the only time we're gonna get them in the Marvel universe together. I would still very much love to see another Avengers or Guardians crossover or something with them, because I thought they did really well. I mean, if someone wants to tell James Gunn to put Spider-Man and Guardians right. of the Galaxy 3 for a little bit. I won't complain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, I, I would, you know, what's funny is I would see, I could see him showing up for some reason in Thor Love and Thunder before, before I'd see him showing up in a Guardians movie. But, you know, I'd be surprised. I, I, I've been surprised by lots of things they've done. But yeah, eventually I would love to see them together in anything. You know, yeah. uh, they, you know, when I saw that they were doing this together and I saw it was a Pixar film on top of it, it was like, oh, okay, cool. It's not just like, what might be potentially a very funny DreamWorks film when it was Pixar stamped on it, I felt really good about it. And like I said, you know, like not every Pixar film is my favorite, but they are all consistently good movies. They are consistently good movies, um, except for Cars. <laughs> except for Cars, <laughs> I just don't care for Cars. Uh, and maybe Bugs Life. I'll probably watch it eventually. Yeah, I, you know, I'm sure I'm making it out to be way worse than it is. I just remember seen the first one not thinking it was really anything impressive and then they were like oh man they're doing two more of these and like at the time they hadn't given us a new a monsters inc movie yet they finally ended up doing that you know and i don't even know if i really like that one monsters inc is one of my favorite pixar movies so good after seeing the sequel it's kind of like I mean, it was fine it was enjoyable still but like it's almost one of those things where it's like huh did i actually need a sequel maybe monsters inc could have stood on its own you know like it was but it was still fun 
And like I said, like I'm sure even even with all of the shit I've talked on cars, I'm sure it's still way more fun than certain cartoons or other kids' movies, stuff like that. Pixar makes con- consistently good content, so I still need to watch a lot more of the Pixar stuff on Disney+. Plus. Oh, same. Like, there's so much I haven't seen from Pixar. So many short films I haven't seen from them. Like, so much. I highly recommend a bunch of the short films. I had talked about those with Jacob Tender a while back. I think it was like awesome. episode 100, maybe. So a oh, while wow. ago now, but... They have a new one. They, I think they have a new one out. Yeah, I think yeah. that one is something that just dropped in the last few weeks. And then they had Bao. I'm not really sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but... Well, oh, well, that the, the one that showed with like Coco or... Yeah. Yeah. I have um, you and I both, well, a friend of a friend of ours, uh, Fred at Midnight Dogs, has a Bao pin, an enamel pin. That's amazing. I don't know. I think it's Bao. Is that how it's pronounced? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Bao is also very sweet. So yeah, I mean, I, I love Pixar. I'm, I'm, I'm game. I don't know what they have coming. Oh, I guess they have Soul. Is that the next... I think so. That's the last I remember hearing about. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what we'll get next or hopefully they're not too impacted. You know, I know that they probably have to go into an office to animate stuff. So um, hopefully it's not too long before we see the next Pixar movie. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one. I was really, you know, I was I was pleasantly surprised and enjoyed it. Yeah, and like you said, it wasn't even necessarily about the fantasy element. Right. And it's really nice when movies do that because with Onward, it's kind of like you're getting one glimpse of these boys' lives over a span of, what was it, 24, 48 hours? Yeah, yeah, something like that. A little over 24 hours, I guess. And then if you don't count the like flashback, you know, you know story building at the beginning or whatever yeah it was really short and it's funny like i was thinking you know i'll leave on this note but like one of the things that like we said we've we've been talking about how fantasy didn't even play like such i mean it was like a big part in the movie but it's like it's so weird that it that's not what we come away talking about we come away talking about the relationship and i feel like in a way and i know they're not the same by any stretch but like i think that's why things like what we do in the shadows works so well is because like it's not really about them being vampires like the vampire stuff just kind of like sweetens the story a little bit and makes some of the scenarios funnier but it's about roommates you know it's it's really about ridiculous roommates and some other stuff and like that's kind of what we got here it's like yeah they're what are they supposed to actually be like do we even know what they what they are mythical creatures but i don't know it just says elf brothers excuse me they're two elves you know but like them being elves and like all of this stuff really doesn't have anything to do with the movie like in fact some of the i love how they like even like you and i have talked about how like the world that they live in even though they are mythical creatures has moved away from the mist the mysticism of it all yeah you know like they've they've moved away from all of that they're ignoring the fact that they're stepdad or whatever is a centaur cop (laughs) like just don't care yeah i think it helps too that like marvel and dc have helped normalize this stuff because it's cool to like this fantasy unrealistic comic book superhero stuff more so than it was back in you know 70s 80s 90s and you know maybe even early 2000s but it's become such a big thing now that 
Pixar can't can ignore it. have human characters like they do in Up and Coco and make that work, but then they can have something like Inside Out or this and yeah. just you know, make you care about these characters. I mean, they did it with Toy Story back in the 90s. You care about these toys more than you care about most of the humans in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Pixar does that so wonderfully. Yeah, I'm excited. I guess Soul is going to look, looks like it's in a, I still need to watch the new, I think I I watched like a teaser trailer for Soul. But like, I think there's an actual proper Soul trailer now that I need to watch. Yeah, it still says on the Pixar website that it's coming out this year. November 20th. I mean, obviously, that will depend on if theaters are actually releasing new movies on a regular basis by then, right. because it's it sounds like theaters are going to start opening up at the beginning of July, which means people will probably be going back to work to get training on all the new protocol and everything like that yeah, late June. Yeah. To me, that's still a little too early for my liking. Yeah, it's. I can't believe that. When you're saying that, I'm like, maybe outside of California, but I don't know... What California is doing, I've, I hate, you know, as much as I hate it and it, I, I, and it pains me, I know we're going off topic right now, but like, it pains me that you and I would have probably seen Black Widow like two or three times by now, <laughs> or at least me, because you know how I am with repeating Marvel films in theaters, yeah. but like, I, it kills me that I would have seen it like three times by now and been speculating about the next film and what whatever the, the you know mid credits and end credit scenes were and we still haven't seen it and so July to me sounds like what at twenty five capacity twenty five percent capacity for these theaters maybe fifty tops like yeah I'm interested to see how they plan to make this work I don't know if we're ready to go back to the you know to that type of stuff yet. Um, I still think we're very premature in all of the reopening talks, but that's just me. And I'm also, you know, overtly cautious and overtly pessimistic. Can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> older I get. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I do hope things are back to normal soon. So we have new movies to talk about instead of us just finally catching up with things that people have been telling us to watch for so long. I've, I'm going through plenty of that right now. So I'm glad we could get together and talk about this one, though, because I was very excited about that. Yeah. And like you said, not necessarily a favorite, but I gave this a four out of five and a heart on Letterboxd. It was fun. It was enjoyable. And it was one of those kind of lighthearted, but yet still serious movies that sometimes you just need to sit down and watch. And I think Pixar does it to where you can put these movies on in the background and catch things here and there and get a good laugh out of them. Or you could sit down and really soak in everything that's going on, yeah. which, you know, I did with this. I did with Wally when I rewatched that recently. And yeah. like you said, there's still some stuff you and I both have to watch out of the Pixar catalog. And thankfully, Disney Plus exists now and yeah. we can do that for relatively cheap. But Absolutely. I really just think Pixar has a tendency to nail their movies like they don't have any movies that i would consider a total flop at least out of what i've seen right no neither do i and like i said even the ones i don't love like i'd still rather watch than a lot of the crap that kids are fed in theaters you know or on tv you mean you wouldn't want a paw patrol movie no (laughs) (laughs) although the music that comes from the troll movies are a lot of fun get those uh, new Justin Timberlake jams. I do love those songs. But yeah, no no desire to watch Trolls or Trolls World, World Tour. Um, 
if they got good reviews, you know, like I said, Paw Patrol, but that's fine. Oh, Paw Patrol, <laughs> got it. No, I no. think that's a show. I don't even know, but <laughs> no, trolls, it is. I, I think it is. I haven't I seen either of those either. Yeah, no. I haven't seen any of those either. Yeah, I. Um, but like you know, if you had told me that the Lego Movie was going to be fun, I would have never believed you until I saw it, and that was that was a lot of fun. So you know, sometimes. But like, I feel like Pixar is just consistent, and Pixar is also something that most parents, at least parents our age, grew up on. So now from they us understand watching them the, constantly. <laughs> well, I'm talking about you know, yeah, just from us as kids watching them growing up. Now that you know, those of us who have kids now know that they can take their kid to a Pixar movie and also enjoy it. You know, I, I mean, I, unless their kid is one of those yappity yappers, he just talks through the whole movie because <laughs> kids tend to do that. Uh, so maybe wait, if that's the case, maybe wait until it's out on Disney Plus, spare the rest of the theater. But you know, that's kids movies for you. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's been fun. I really, I love talking about Pixar stuff. So, and it was just a play. And like you said, I would also give it a four out of five stars. I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, always fun talking with you, Jonathan. I know you will be back on soon for a What We Do in the Shadows season one and two yes. discussion. That that wraps up here in, I don't know, a week or two after everyone's yeah. listening to this. So yeah. it'll be pretty soon, hopefully. But for now, you know, I'm sure you and I will be texting constantly about yeah. all of the things we're catching up on. <laughs> Absolutely. And slacking. Yes. You know, we got, we got our Slack channel. A shameless plug, but... Uh, everyone should be in the Welcome to Geekdom Slack channel. So go go to uh, Patreon and support. Yeah, and I will tell you a little more about that right now. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group, where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at Geekdom Pod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.